Tom, I'd like to start today with a press release. Oh, hot off the press. Yeah. Okay. Because it's weird, right? I mean, it's it's why would I be starting with a press release? But this is a press release that got me thinking. Uh, it, the press release is titled FDA clears the cervella cranial electrotherapy stimulator for treatment of anxiety, insomnia and depression. What does that make you think of, Tom? Oh, a stick that sort of hums and buzzes. Yeah. And where does it touch you, Tom? Your brain? I don't know. It was a lot of words. You're lucky okay. because it does include the word cranial in yeah. it and electro. And yes, Ugh. that is electrotherapy in your noggin. And apparently it helps anxiety, insomnia and depression, according to this company, Cervella.us in Carmel, Indiana. And uh, I saw that and I read this fancy press release. It looks like a set of headphones. You put on these headphones and you control it with a little app. There's a little box that pairs to the phone. You, you're giving yourself electroshock therapy? I, I knew that that would sink in. <laughs> eventually. Oh, no. <laughs> now, you remember. <laughs> so you're just you living remember? the third act of Requiem for a Dream alone in your apartment. Cuck uh, Cuckoo's Nest. Remember how yeah. they have these leather pads and they put the leather pads on the head? Well, that's what these headphones look like. They have little leather rings around them that you, you put on your head over your ears and then you, you start the cycle. And that's right, Tom. It just sends electrical signal into your brain. Now, not very much, but enough to start to hopefully make a difference. Uh, and so I got to thinking, is this totally bogus? Mm. I mean, really? Yeah. Really? It really? turns out it's not totally bogus, Tom. And ah, it's a very strange world once you get into the into the world of, of self-electrotherapy. <laughs> Home <laughs> electrotherapy. I can't, I can't even say it straight. I self can't say ECT. it straight. Right. Self-ECT. Okay. Uh, so people who are suffering from panic attacks, anxiety, depression, they are investing in these kits. And, and Cervella is not the only one. There are a number of these things on the market. They all look roughly the same. They're headphones that you put on and these headphones zap your brain. Another model out there actually has clips that you clip on each earlobe and then turn it on and go about your business. And uh, while you're sitting, while you're doing dishes while you're studying so it's you're not getting incapacitating a, it's just sort of no these little... you're getting yes you bite here's a canvas bone <laughs> put it between your teeth and then you just go to town it's fine you're fine wow no there is none of that it is not debilitating it's not incapacitating it's just a gentle low dose uh, of, of a throbbing electrical current and when you start reading the litany of results uh, it, it is just fascinating to hear how people respond. Uh, here's one uh, from somebody who is using the alpha stim. This is the one I, I was talking about where you clip it to your earlobes. Mm -hmm. uh, during my first session with the alpha stim, I felt slightly buzzed as if I'd had a half a glass of wine. I didn't feel different afterward and wondered whether I had imagined the sensation. Click clipping electrodes into your earlobes can leave you suggestible. But during oh. my second session, as soon as the device was switched on, that same calm washed over me. The rest of that day, I felt steadier and more focused. I decided to try and get a prescription for my own device. CES devices are not cheap. The Alpha Stim sent me back $800. No. And my insurance didn't cover any of it. But after nearly a year of use, 
I don't regret my purchase one bit. The daily sessions are relaxing, but it's what the Alpha Stim does the rest of the time that has me sold. My mood's improved. I sleep through the night. And best of all, I haven't had a single panic attack since. That's fascinating. Has the FDA weighed in at all? Is this like for real allowed? Yeah. I mean, you know, they use a lot of big words for this kind of stuff. And I'll I'll throw them at you and you can tell me what you think. So according to the FBA has the FBA, (laughs) it's a whole new thing. The FBI, Uh, NBC. Yes. The FDA has weighed in and they do say they have approved these devices, this class of devices. Uh, What they say here is that it the device effects this microcurrent affects the quote default mode network mm-hmm. endogenous brain oscillations yep. and change in neurotransmitter levels such as serotonin the efficacy of cranial electrotherapy stimulation for treatment of anxiety insomnia and depression is well do- demonstrated and documented through numerous clinical trials during a treatment session which is about 30 minutes patients suffering from anxiety insomnia and depression they experience this reduction of these symptoms immediately, uh, along with uh, improved sleep patterns and uh, long-term use has been validated Wow, uh, to have a positive effect on reducing patients' depression. I didn't understand almost any of those words, but they sounded very official. There are just so many of them, words. <laughs> I simply would like to share that it turns out these CES devices, right, these cranial electrotherapy systems, these are devices that sound like they might have some traction. And maybe you should think about biting down on the bone and turning (laughs) on the juice. I can make it work. Girl, I waste no time. Do you know what you want? Better make up your mind. Lately, I've been thinking emotions and these feelings, and I think it's time that I get right back there. Oh, na 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 na, Welcome to What's That Smell, a sometimes funny podcast about humans and their anxieties. I'm Tommy Metz III. And I'm Pete Wright. And every week we each drag one of our deepest, darkest anxieties into the light to share it, learn about it, and hopefully laugh about it with all of you. Reach out to us. Send us the story of your anxieties to ha, something stinky at what's that smell.net. Again, something stinky at what's that smell.net. If you say it really fast, it doesn't hurt so much. Your, your protests have become very subtle. <laughs> right? I'm How many episodes have we done? And it hasn't gotten any better for me. Anyways, uh, send us your anxiety. We will talk about it. But first, I'd like to talk about a personal anxiety. Pete, with your permission, I will go first. Pete Wright, I have a little quiz riddle for you. Ooh, a quiddle. A quiddle. Uh, A riz. Uh, no, yours was better. <laughs> Pete, what do these one, two, three, four, five things have in common? You ready? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Leeches. Okay. Quicksand. Mm-hmm. Saber-toothed tigers. Fractions. And the high dive. <laughs> They're all triggers of anxiety in the early Paleolithic epoch. Stop talking, Pete. You're wrong, but you're sort of right. (laughs) I Uh, mean, they're all brown. They are. Wait. (laughs) These are, this was a trick. There was no way for you to know. These are all things that when I was growing up, I used to be afraid of, but don't really care about anymore. (laughs) I used to really be worried about quicksand and that just has not come up. So why did I do that? It's because we're just over the halfway point for season three. And as such, I thought I would change it up a little bit. 
as the WTS rebel that I am, I would like to talk about something that gave me anxiety for a huge portion of my life. But then when I fought past my fear and dread, it ended up making an enormous positive difference in my life. So I'm not afraid of it anymore, but I was for so long uh, that I think it might be worth talking about in case any listeners are interested. Wait a minute. Quicksand, leeches, fractions? Fractions, like math fractions. I don't care. Yeah. I, I don't care about that anymore. I have a phone. <laughs> Tells me everything. <laughs> We're still talking about those, Pete. I'm like a whole paragraph ahead. Here we go. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Do you want to guess what I want to talk about? Here's the second one. And here's a clue. Pete, tell me about your mother. <laughs> we remember from season one that your mother is a liar. But yes. past that, tell me about your mother, Pete. Are we going to do, we're doing therapy? We're doing therapy. Is that what we're doing? A little talk there? You're going to go doing, full Freud? Exactly. Yes, I am in therapy. I'm outing myself. I am in talk therapy with a LCSW, a licensed clinical social worker. Uh, this is just another sort of version of a, psych a psychologist. Sorry, not a psychiatrist. And uh, it took me a long time to do that. And it's really changed my life for the better in incredible ways. I guess at some point in growing up, I decided or was conditioned to believe that therapy was only for people who were too weak or unsteady to handle things on their own. And I was worried about how to find someone that could actually help me uh, along this line. Um, when my anxiety did become too much to handle at one point, and I did reach out, my first therapy session did not go well. Can I tell you about it real quick, Pete? Oh, yes. This was in college. I was a freshman in college and I was still I hadn't found my friends friends yet. And I was just sort of uh, a little lost. I was doing really well in school. If you don't have friends, your grades go through the roof. Um, <laughs> but I was very anxious. I just didn't feel like I knew who I was or who to hang out with. And I felt like I was being judged, all of that stuff. So I went to three syllables. Wardenburg. Do you remember Wardenburg, Pete? Oh, oh, yes. This is at CU Boulder, uh, Colorado University of Boulder. The what would you call it? The Student Health Center? It was a student health center, right? Oh, I nailed it. It was called yeah. Wardenburg. And I'm pretty sure Wardenburg is a German word that means stay away because <laughs> Wardenburg was the worst. Uh, anyways, I got hooked up. I sort of went in and talked to a student who said and said, I'm having these anxiety. I would like someone to talk to. They hooked me up with a student of psychology. I don't know if any of this was on the books, but either way, she told me <laughs> in our second session that she would only get a good grade and pass her classes if she solved my anxiety problem. So what? I had so I had to make sure to get better real quick. I didn't what? make any of that up. She said that in the second <laughs> session. Uh, spoiler alert, we only had one more session where I said, I feel great because uh, she totally you win it. and she gets an A and she's practicing right now in Los Angeles. Oh, absolutely. Yes. I'm sure that she's doing fantastic. <laughs> Just telling everyone this is really important. My husband's going to be mad at me if I don't solve your anxiety problem today. Uh, so she was an anomaly and the worst, but it certainly didn't help my feelings about therapy. Uh, that was the first time that I went to see a therapist or a sort of therapist as an adult. Pete, can I turn to you? Do you feel comfortable talking about if you've ever been in therapy? Yes, I uh, was in therapy for a number of years as a youth, uh, and I have been in and out of therapy uh, as an adult over the years. I've done uh, couples therapy for a bit uh, mm. with my spouse. And uh, so, yeah, I, you know, sometimes you just need someone to work it out with you. I think so, too. Um, yeah. And I've been talking to friends that are my age, and some of them have been very interested in my history. I've been seeing my therapist, Bonnie, for probably three years now, and it's going great. 
And um, they seem very interested in that. And I wonder if some of that interest sometimes comes from they're interested in maybe doing that, but maybe they have some anxiety about it. So I just wanted to share to our listeners, if any of you are maybe thinking about therapy but are hesitant, here's sort of what I just want to get across. If your hesitancy comes from a lack of time or money, I totally get it. But if your anxiety over therapy is over feeling weak or inadequate, I'd like you to re-examine your reasoning. Pete, did you watch Russian Doll on Netflix? What a timely question. I only just finished it really? last week. Yes. Okay. I watched the whole thing over a couple of days, yeah. and it was amazing. It's a wonderful program, especially if yeah. you can get used to Natasha Leone, who's a lot. Uh, She's but a then, lot. She's a lot. But once you sort of get on her wavelength, it's great. And she it makes sense that the whole thing is sort of gravitating around her. Uh, but there was a phrase. I'm going to paraphrase it in Russian Doll. I don't remember which um, episode, but someone said that without another pair of eyes, we're all very unreliable narrators of our own stories. Mm. And I love that. And I think that mm -hmm. connects exactly with therapists. They may have actually been talking about therapists. And I was like, aha, <laughs> it's very possible because I'm not a good listener. But in other words, we often all have a very warped vision of ourselves and our place in the world. And for a lot of people, very much like myself, it's really important to get an outside perspective in order to really try to figure out what's bothering you in your life. Now, when you were growing up, Pete, before you ever did therapy, what did you think therapy was going to be like and how was it different? Well, I, I imagined I was going to be lying down on the couch and they would be the therapist would be sitting behind me and would be asking uh, probing questions and they would probably be uh, using a pipe of some sort. <laughs> yes. I felt a lot of the same thing. And then at some point they would say something of like, isn't that interesting? What about Helen? And I take you know off my they, glasses you know and I go, right. oh, my God, what a breakthrough. I don't wear glasses, but I take off my glasses and go, what a breakthrough. It all goes back to Helen. I don't know a Helen. That's right. And then they'd lean forward and say, crazy, crazy, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that we shared the same thing. That sort of was my ideation of what therapy was, yeah. too. And there's excitement in that, but also anxiety. I mean, that's a lot of power to give someone. What if you don't want things uncovered? I was very happy when I finally found the right therapist that talk therapy isn't about sudden breakthroughs like it is in the movies. The right kind of therapist really lets you come up with your own insights. And stop me if you have different thoughts, of course, Pete. But they're really just they help guide you through your own mind. It's kind of like talking to yourself. Yeah, you just described two things that I think are both true at the same time. And okay. the first one is that, you know, they they help you uh, on this tour of your own mind. I totally agree with that. Letting you kind of lead your own healing journey. And the second one is something that you alluded to uh, when you talked about your experience back at Wardenburg. There is anxiety that I deal with in therapy that I'm not feeling better enough, fast enough. You know sure. what I mean? That that is a thing that I'm I'm not a good enough patient. And maybe I'm completely alone in in that particular experience that even the best with even the best therapist that I've been with, I've always felt this, oh, help me help you kind of Jerry Maguire kind of thing. Help me dig in deeper, Doc. What do you need me to do? You want me to sit on my hands? You want me to sit on my head? What can I do to make your work easier digging around in my cranium? Just a quick note to listeners. If your therapist does suggest you sit on your hands or sit on your head, <laughs> that is probably not a therapist. <laughs> it took so much for me to reach out when I first started that I kind of wanted a quick fix also. 
I wanted to just sort of like figure it out and just be better. And that's just not really how it works. Once I was able to manage for me personally, manage my expectations is almost every session I have, I leave lighter. It really helps me gain clarity on something. It's a, it's an absolute safe zone where I'm able to, she helps guide me through my, what my self doubt, <laughs> my mm-hmm. weirdness, all the stuff that I have screaming in my own head all the time to be able to really see things as they are, gain clarity and figure out sometimes a way to go. But it really is just me talking to myself with her with guiding questions is that something that you've been able to get over or well, yeah i i have but it took a long time to to realize that i uh i i i wasn't in fact looking for a quick fix no matter you know i i thought well if the insurance approves us for 12 sessions then i should pretty much be fixed in 12 weeks right so i go to therapy right. for a couple months and at the end i'm like at like the last few sessions i'm like oh my god what i've i've done something horribly wrong or i haven't been honest enough or mm. I, I haven't been vulnerable enough or something i'm making this this therapist work really hard and it it wasn't that at all right it turns out that just the act of uh dealing with those uh, those sorts of that that sort of metacognitive uh, skill that that sort of learning how to think about how I think was exactly the point right. of going through therapy because it allowed me the chance to talk through how I relate to the world in a way that was judgment free. Um, you know, because you don't get the same kind of thing from your distant uncle that you're spilling your guts to, right? You, right. you don't get the same sort of distance from that. So uh, a good therapist has the ability to see patterns and the experience to see patterns in you based on their scope of work with others that you do not see in yourself. And that is an enormous gift to have that a spotlight shown on those things and give you a chance to process them. And that's why I think it can really be very valuable. It's not for everyone, but if you're ever yeah. interested in giving it a try, it really has helped change my life. Granted, it's helping find strength that was within me, but I really know that without her help or that the work that we've been doing over these years, I probably would not have had the courage to direct my first feature film. There was so much anxiety and yeah. fear and oh, expectation and already prejudging everything I was doing. I mean, just to be able to go to someone who doesn't have a stake in my life other than wanting me to be happy and healthy and successful. It's great. It's just there's nothing else really like that. What do you do? You have any memory of see and i know we're we just talked about how you're not in it for a quick fix there probably isn't the sort of magic bullet solution that's that's going to solve all of your problems but do you have any memory of a breakthrough the kind that they talk about that would allow you to go on to to sort of climb to a new plateau specifically around i'm i'm thinking about your film uh because i, I don't i don't need to remind you i don't think you actually finished it and it's lovely. Right. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, as far as breakthrough, one of the things that she's really helped me get in touch with is the idea of old feelings. Yeah. We've talked about it Oh, because I've been in therapy. Some of her words and our words together have filtered through my brain. So I apologize if I'm being repetitive, but old feelings, meaning just because you felt those for so long, they're based in something a long time ago and they're not necessarily needed anymore. That anxiety doesn't belong anymore. You don't need that there. Let's talk about the fear of going to sleep. That was an enormous one. Being able to help me just that because I hadn't separated 
being sort of a child and feeling that way as an adult, just being able to see it for what it is. It doesn't really have power over you. It just seems like it does because it's been hanging around for so long. So if you're able to see it as an old feeling, it's no longer needed. You can go now. You did your work to make my childhood as miserable as you could, but your job is done. I'm an adult now and yeah. I directed a movie, so suck it. Um, those kind of things, those kind of things can help. Um, and it's it's sort of lines of that. And then it just keeps building. I'm just building such a foundation of strength that is helping me uh, throughout my life. So just real quick, some final business in case we are talking to anyone who is thinking about it. Uh, remember that when don't ever think that you have to uh, go with your first therapist that you see, your first session should always be free. It's a getting to know each other. You're explaining your situation to it. If you are nervous about starting therapy, bring that up to the therapist. Let them know. It's the very first thing I said to Bonnie was, I'm nervous about this. And then I told her about Wardenburg and she was like, that's awful. And I was like, yeah, it is. And then she made <laughs> me feel like that won't be this. Um, and you know, I, I want to throw something in there. Can please? I, of can, course. I, I, because there's going to be something that triggers you about your therapist. There's going to be something in the hunt for a good relationship. You have to make sure that that relationship is, is one that, that you feel good about. It should make you feel warm and inviting. And I m recently just in the last year was on the hunt for a new therapist. Uh, mine was moving and I went in and had a, a meeting with a gentleman who was he he was good and he was kind. And as I was talking to them, he stood up from his chair and walked over to a whiteboard on the wall and started diagramming. Oh, uh, and I thought I thought that I was ready to leave right then. <laughs> I you don't care not, for the dry erase. <laughs> I am not into the whiteboarding of therapy. As and he's so making an evidence wall and, of your and mind. Arrows. Right. <laughs> the, the only thing that would have made it worse is if he starts bringing out yarn and attaching right. it to photos of people from my youth across his back. I was done. Please, whatever that thing, whatever whiteboarding is for you, note that that's right. a trigger and talk about it and yeah. if it's something that they can move on from themselves then great but it, make and sure that relationship is good and if they can't walk find away, someone else there's plenty walk away one of the therapists before i found bonnie i've never actually told anyone this so i'm going to tell everyone at once i walk, <laughs> i walked in because i had always wanted a just for my own personal thing i wanted a female therapist just because i was felt a little more comfortable with that um we had not talked on the phone. I had just, it would have been a referral. Either way, it was this doctor. I won't say his name, but he had a very feminine first name. So I walk in, it's a him, and he has a mustache, and he looks like my father. <laughs> and everything in my brain went, nope. It might have, it might as well have been an office filled with ants. And I was just like, well, doc, I'm solved. Gotta go. You're amazing. <laughs> Today's regret, Tom. Uh-oh. I was a little bit worried coming into uh, today. I was thinking about my prep yesterday, and I didn't have anything to talk about because I'd had a pretty good week and hadn't done anything to embarrass myself. <laughs> that that sucks that we're in a situation where that gets us down. Uh, yeah, it really does. I my shame level is pretty low. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so it was going to be great. It was going to be a real highlight. I had nothing that really uh, uh, screwed me up this week. And then I went to, I, I don't know if you know this, I'm an elected official. Did you know that? Have I told you that? That sounds familiar. Are you president? 
<laughs> no. I am what they call a precinct committee person for the Democratic Party of Washington County, uh, uh, Oregon. Ooh. And that means I, you know, I, I go to meetings. I go to these big meetings. There are hundreds of people and um, that are also precinct committee people. And we talk about the things that are going on in the electorate. And it's, you know, it's it's local government. What are you going to do? Sure. So I go to a meeting last night feeling good that I don't have anything to deeply regret. No, no. And there and I'm sitting in the audience. I've got my iPad out and I'm ready to take notes and they're doing the opening agenda and I'm telling you it's so boring. It's like yeah. every episode of Parks and Rec on transparency <laughs> overlaid on top of itself. Yeah. And and so I'm sitting there and I'm bored. Now, occasionally local politicians come to, to talk to us. And, and so you'll get people who are county commissioners, people who are from state government, people are, are representatives to Washington. Maybe a, they'll maybe come a and they'll talk to you. Yeah, sometimes a, a good sexy, sexy comptroller. Yeah. We we have, uh, you know, last night was a night where we had some elected uh, elected officials come to, to join us. And um, they were kind of peppered throughout the audience as we're going through the agenda. Now, I'm bored. I don't know what I'm doing. I kind of look around. And I think, all right, screw it. I'm going to play me some backgammon. Oh. And so there I am playing backgammon on my phone or oh, my iPad. And I'm kind sense. of, I break out a board. Yeah, I was like, what? some <laughs> antique ivory pieces. No, I'm playing <laughs> on my iPad. And I, I'm about to win the game as I hear. And I totally zoned out from the meeting as I hear. Uh, and now I'd like to introduce Catherine Harrington, our Washington County uh, chair of Metro Washington County City Council, who is as close to the biggest local pol political celebrity in the room. And she stands up directly behind me, puts uh her hand on my shoulder and says, good game. <laughs> Here's something you won't regret. <laughs> Today's <laughs> podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial when you go to audibletrial.com slash scent of a podcast. Over 240, 50,000 million titles to choose from for all your rectangles. And maybe the one about backgammon. I don't know. Yeah. And uh, for this week, I would like to suggest, have you watched the TV show? It's all about TV shows with me today. Fargo? The TV show. Yes. Yes. Oh, I like the show. It's good. It's a good one, right? Well, the showrunner of that is named Noah Hawley, and he's written a few books, and one of them that I really enjoyed, it's called Before the Fall. Pretty much 11 people on a foggy summer night get in a plane and depart Martha's Vineyard, and the plane crashes. Spoiler alert, that happens in like the first 20 pages. There's only one survivor, a couple survivors, I'm sorry, and every single chapter afterwards, you slowly figure out what happened. Everyone has twists and turns. Everyone's all over the place. And I think it's really good. Does that sound good to you, B? Oh, it sounds like my kind of book, Tommy. Right? It is unabridged, and it's 12 hours and 55 minutes. So <laughs> bring it in case your plane crashes and you have something to do <laughs> when you're floating in the ocean. Again, go to audibletrial.com slash scent of a podcast. It's a 30-day free trial. So you get this book for free. You don't like it. You keep it. No questions asked. And you have helped support us at WTS. Tommy, do you remember the movie The Seven Year Itch? Can I be honest? I do know of it. I've never actually seen it. Oh, that's no. really bad. That's really bad. I know. Well, 
It's like a classic, but I've never, I know what it stands for. Is that the one where she stands on the grate and the dress goes up? That's it. That's okay. the one, the very famous Marilyn Monroe film, uh, the seven year inch from itch from 1955. She is standing on a grate that uh, was originally shot on a subway grate at 52nd and Lexington in New York City. Hmm. And uh, she the subway goes by and the air rushes up and she says she loves standing on grates over the subway to feel the rush of air under her skirt. It's a not a great movie. <laughs> oh, really? Um, yeah, I it does not hold up. Well, oh, well that makes not me feel better. even a little bit. It's okay. a, not a great message. And it's it's uh, not great. But, you know, we, we do. It, I, I think it is good to to look at it as a as a media uh, sort of spotlight on what I would like to talk to you about today, and that is our listener submission. Oh, hooray. All right. I'm very intrigued. Yes, Tommy. Yes, indeed. I wonder if you are going to have a, a response to this one, given that you live in a big city, mm. a sprawling big city. This one comes from Jacob in Massachusetts. Mm. He says, I recently had a resurfacing of my fear of falling through a street grate. And I thought of your show. I'm not trying to fall five stories onto a subway track. Even these storm drains are sketchy. Maybe I watched too much Ninja Turtles as a kid. Recently, I was in Boston and the sidewalk was closed on one side of the street. So everyone was walking on the same side right over a long grate. I got stuck in the herd and couldn't avoid it. Now, I assume that Jacob survived. <laughs> sewers drains subway train grates uh these things are all over big cities not to mention manhole covers and i know that jacob is not alone having a, a fear or anxiety around something going wrong with these grates as mm. they walk upon them do you have any relationship to this particular anxiety tom Surprisingly, because Los Angeles, well, I don't spend a lot of time in downtown Los Angeles where that probably would happen. But when I go to New York, which I do every once in a while because I have some friends there, that phenomenon where there's just all of a sudden a staircase going <laughs> leading down into the earth. So not the grate, but like there's like a door and you open it. And I guess that's where all the deliveries go. But those just seem to be like hanging out all over the place. Yeah. And I know that I am one backgammon game away from just walking <laughs> and just all of a sudden i'm downstairs and probably dead so yeah those yeah. kind of freak me out yes and any well, steam coming up from things like in gotham city and stuff i don't care for yeah oh no i don't care for that either and it turns out uh you know let's just talk about new york city there are thirty nine thousand greats in new york city right i mean what? it is a where did yeah. you find that yeah, it, it is from the news, from PIX11 News. They actually did uh, oh. their very own story on this phenomenon. Really? Uh, people are terrified of falling in grates. And it is documented now with so much cell phone coverage of every step you take. Any wearers of high heels are going to feel uh, this anxiety in their gut because you don't want to get that heel stuck in a uh, in a grate. That's not good. Especially in a high traffic, it builds a lot of anxiety, social anxiety, performance, all the anxieties that you can come up with around being stuck with a mob of people all around you trying to get by and you're on a <laughs> grate. Yeah. But then you start seeing these pictures, the stories about people who take a step on a grate and they fall into whatever is below. And what is below them, Tom? What is below? I don't know. 
Monsters! It's the worst, Tom. It's the worst. I was thinking that this might be some sort of hyperbolic, you know, blown out of proportion, this whole myth, this just wives tale of things that that go wrong in New York City streets, right? I've I've seen the videos of people with their cell phones and they, you know, walk, like you said, into a, you know, a staircase that's going downstairs or they fall into a basement because they just didn't have their eyes up. But people just falling into grates? Does that even actually happen? I hope not. Then I did a little research. Oh, dear. <laughs> I figure someone before me oh, would have no. fallen. Excellent question. Someone's fallen through sidewalk grates. 26-year-old Jessica Hinksman is lucky to be alive tonight. She fell 10 feet into mud next to this high-voltage Con Ed transformer seven years ago and was slightly injured. Eric Davis fell eight feet after this grate gave way below him in 2008. He recovered after a few days in the hospital. A year later, two girls broke bones in their legs when a grate gave way on them and 30 of their classmates as they posed for a class photo in Brooklyn. And M. Sambula Rodriguez sent PIX11 News this not pretty picture of the gash her son needed 30 stitches for last month after falling through this grate next to a Brooklyn building. What are the odds it's me? Oh my God, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. Oh, it's so gross. I feel and bad for laughing, but I desperately want a copy of that class photo. <laughs> I know. You just if see it, everybody falling out of frame. Like, where right. did they go? Yeah, it's not pretty. And it it turns out it it is a thing. And what is down there? We've already heard they fall next to, uh, a, you know, a Con Ed, you know, Ugh. massive voltage transformer. They might fall into a storm drain. Then you look at the pictures of, you know, you, you imagine what a storm drain like from it, uh, right. you know, where you where you could just get washed away. No dumping flows to creek, Tom. <laughs> Flows to creek. <laughs> I think I've always sort of vaguely pictured just gears. Yeah, right. Gears. Like, I don't know what that means, a... but just like the whole city runs on gears. Maybe it's the actual A train, Tom. Maybe it's yeah. a real subway right on the other side of that grate. Maybe it is a five story drop into the underbelly of the city infrastructure. All of those things are legit under those 39,000 grates in New York City. And that's not the only place where uh, those uh, fears of falling through grates uh, manifest. All these big cities, Chicago has the same kind of thing. Uh, WJCT in Chicago actually has a, a greatest fear, the psychology behind sidewalk grates, where they say the exact same thing. It is insane that we have this fear, but because one or two stories have percolated to the surface of public consciousness where people were legit injured by falling through faulty grates or uh, through cement that has fallen away uh, where the foundation has fallen away under a sidewalk and the, the concrete literally it's not even a grate the concrete literally just erodes under your oh, step sinkholes yeah, Sinkhole. so quicksand quicksand right? is real you see this and so those kinds of things all uh, are incredibly damaging for your psyche and absolutely become a place where you can harvest anxiety but of course we have to look at the reality so these things do happen. There are 10 million people in New York City on any given day, right? A population of eight point some and some such uh, of actual people who live there and then people who come in and out of New York City every day, about 10 million people. 
they estimate New York City uh, uh, police estimate that one person falls through grates every 20 months, maybe a little bit less. One person every. OK, that's nice. It's that's not, better. It's better. It still means keep your eyes up in Chicago. Right. They actually say that the uh, it, it is not the greats you need to worry about. Scary facts aside, they say. What you really need to worry about are the benign looking cracks, the crevices and holes in the sidewalk where you might just trip and fall on not the people who actually fall through a grate, people who twist their ankles because of a faulty sidewalk. The city faced more than 500 lawsuits involving alleged injuries related to falls from small sidewalk cracks. I'm not too afraid of small sidewalk. I fall over all the time people. right i mean there's just i, I it, i'm used to it i'm like a human knee pad but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but that's definitely different than falling any stories one story yeah. oof oh five stories five stories five stories into the bowels of new york city i'm not happy about that but i it just i think it does now, I don't live in a place where there are a lot of greats, right? It, it feels like like uh, Port, downtown Portland, probably, I guess, uh, uh, you know, everybody needs access to sure. you know, utilities and stuff. I just don't have a sense of that. I, I experience them not like in New York City. My memory of New York City is that they are everywhere. And they're, it's not just that they're, um, you know, there are greats. It's long stretches of great after great after great after for hundreds of feet. It feels like alongside yeah. a building that you'll you'll have this giant great system and that's i i do find that scary i find that something i i choose to take a wide berth uh, on those things the other one that i i hate more than anything and this we do have because there's a lot of road construction right now it's spring and things are things are popping and so i see the sign <laughs> that says uh steel plate on roadway mm, oh, oh yeah i don't care for those either because right. I know what's under it. And you know what? It's nothing. There's nothing, nothing under that steel. They've taken out all the things from the steel plate. And yep. now it's just steel plate. And I I don't trust that at all. I, if I could, like, take the car up on the sidewalk, I would I would do it. But I'm, I do that little thing where I drive across <laughs> a steel plate and I lift my feet up off the floor of the car for some reason. <laughs> Who does that? Why do you do that? Oh, to make it way less? To make me lighter. That's yeah, so- <laughs> that's exactly right. Sure. <laughs> But it is rare. That's the big thing. Yeah. Right. That's it's right. It's incredibly rare. That doesn't make it less scary, though. <laughs> it doesn't make it less scary. If you really want a good time, though, if you really want a good time, you go onto the YouTube and you look for people falling through grates and you'll come up with a set of videos that are just compilation videos of people falling, not just through grates, but through sidewalks and through ceilings. And there is a whole subgenre of drunks robbing liquor stores where they fall through ceiling tiles. <laughs> <laughs> because they tried to get in through the ceiling and it is priceless. <laughs> Makes you feel better about being a human. So I do want to bring it back, Jacob. Thank you so much for writing us. Uh, I Thank you, Jacob. I, I'm not yeah. sure if we helped very much. It well, if anything, thing. there's a statistic and it says you're on the right side of it. And so hopefully that gives you a Good little point. bit of solace in how you walk down the streets of Boston. Uh, Boston's a scary enough place as it is. You don't need to worry about the greats, as it turns out. So, and again, as a lesson to all WTS listeners, you know what solves everything? Just don't leave your house. <laughs> Stay inside like Pete and I. <laughs> we haven't left our houses or apartments in years, and it's going great. <laughs> you know, Tommy, this gets me thinking. Yeah, I I think I may have a new uh, a new product. 
oh, for dynamite. the WTS store. That's great. Because I'm on the other I'm on the other line with people from Sky Mall. Good. This is going to be perfect. Sky Mall, yeah. call sharper image. Let's yeah. get this, <laughs> let's get this in store stat. It is the what's that smell? Personal anxiety parachute. What better? <laughs> What better to save you for those sudden falls than an accelerometer activated personal right. parachute you can always wear under your yeah. clothes. And it is it our our I think our uh our product code name while it's in development, because you know it's not public yet. It's gonna be Project Quasimodo. Because <laughs> you always have it tucked up the back of your shirt. It's always up the back of your shirt. I think we I got a real it. winner. Oh, and spoiler <laughs> alert, it is absolutely just a bed sheet. <laughs> Thank you all so much for joining us for this episode. Today's tune is, oh, Turuara Mama by Daramala. <laughs> I should have read this ahead of time. Uh, why don't you say it, Pete? Turuara Mama by Daramola. I was pretty close. You were. Coming up next week, that tube might disappear, and it just becomes a little thing to take a suck off of, take a hit off the, <laughs> off the frosting. Yeah. We parade around like jesters at the party and we're making people laugh and we're saying things we regret and we may wake up in uncomfortable places. I know you know the drill. <laughs> I call it Thursday. Dictated but not read to Tommy Metz the Third. Until then, I'm Pete Wright. And I'm Tommy Metz the Third. Thank you so much for downloading. We will see you next week on What's That Smell? Where do you walk and where do you talk to me yelling to what I am, mama? I'm watching the movies, I'm loving the and I'm yelling